Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 188. I make ideas look amazing. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have DT as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? Very well, sir. Very excited to be here. How are you, man? I'm doing great, and I'm doing even better now since I am sir. I feel, feel I should wear a top hat and a monocle of being sir. Uh, you know, 188 <laughs> episodes, that's, that's demanding of respect. <laughs> Damn. Kara, I'm going to just take my throne and... My crown, I'm the king of the castle, yeah. <laughs> but you know what, it's not all, all about me having a huge ego, well, hopefully I don't have that. Today it's all about DT and his hobby of graphic design. Now this is something I've always been interested in and DT is going to jump into it and share more about it. But, but before we jump into his passion, I'm going to go in and ask the question everybody hates, who is DT? Who is DT? Wow. Ah. Uh... Born and raised in Phoenix, Arizona. I moved to Colorado, like Denver area, about a year and a half ago. Been a graphic designer for well over 15, 20 years now. I'm 38 now. So yeah, pretty much been a graphic designer since the 90s. Like the first time my dad brought home a copy of Photoshop. Uh, I love music. I love movies. I'm a huge movie snob. Love craft beer. Love whiskey. And uh, I'm an avid podcaster as well. This is why we have a good connection. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Well, I really want to jump into all those because I feel like they all somehow connect to each other or you pull inspiration from one another. Like you listen to a song like, what if, you know, maybe make something out of that? I don't know. I could be overstepping my train of thought, but I'm sure you're going to jump into details about that. But you mentioned you were a podcaster and this is a lovely segue. Do you have any social media links, websites, projects, or even, I don't know, a podcast that you'd love to share with the listeners? I do actually. Um, two or me and two of my best friends, we do a podcast called Space Castle. You can find that on Twitter and Instagram at Space Castle Pod. And uh, you can find my own personal Twitter at Deets327. Perfect. I'll put that down below so it'll be a lot easier for people to go check it out. And first, you listen to this episode and then go click it or vice versa. Either way, you have to do both. That's that's the law. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're going to jump in to graphic design. So you mentioned that it was when your father brought you a copy of Photoshop. Do you remember your first, let's say, experience, the feeling that you had? Was it overwhelming or were you, were you like, you know what? I just want to try everything. And also, if you remember, what was the first thing you created? Oh, I don't know if I remember the first thing I created, <laughs> but I, I do remember that exact feeling of like, holy cow, I can draw on the computer and then I can take that and I can like edit it and make it do all kinds of different stuff. Uh, it was grade school. I think it was probably like fourth or fifth grade when dad brought home that copy of Photoshop for the, uh, the home computer. And, you know, I was kind of watching him over his shoulder while he was messing around because he was an artist growing up and my grandpa was a painter before him. So we have sort of like that, that familial sort of artistic line going. And uh, yeah, as soon as I got my chance, I immediately fell in love with it. And I think I've owned every single version of Photoshop since then. I've, I've basically just grown up with it. That is so cool that everybody in your family is just into art and creations. Do you, do you ever like bounce ideas with your grandfather and your father? Uh, I did before my grandfather passed away. Uh, he passed away about 10 or so years ago. But before that, he was a, a very, very avid painter. So, I mean, I would always like take a look at what he's working on and, and we would just kind of trade ideas and whatnot. Uh, my dad is still very much artistic. He grew up as a sketch artist. And uh, now what he does is he mods computers. So he'll take a computer case and he'll completely sort of just tear it apart and put it back together with some sort of theme or something. He's been featured at like QuakeCon and all kinds of conventions and stuff. So graphic design is still very much a part of his life. 
So he and I are always trading ideas. He'll send me pictures of his projects and ask me what I think. I'll send him pictures of or screen grabs of my project and get his feedback. So it's really, really cool to have somebody that close in the family to be able to bounce ideas back and forth with. I love, I really do love that. And I have to ask, your computer, if you have a PC, is it designed by your father? <laughs> it is not. Uh, I've, had a, I've had a couple that were in the past, but uh, I, I work primarily in a Mac. I just got a, a MacBook, one of the M1s uh, late last year. I'm super excited about it. It's completely changed my whole professional and, and, and you know, hobby career. But uh, the tower I've got is uh, one that he and I actually built together. So, you know, he had all the components and whatnot, and we put the tower together and I brought it with me out to, to Colorado. But there's not anything super custom about it. But it does have a really sweet LED like lighting array inside. Well, it's one of a kind. You made it with your father. There's no other design like that, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure yeah. There's no he other knows, one. <laughs> yeah, he knows his hardware. Uh, he's he's one of the most tech savvy guys I've ever known. It's really cool. That's awesome. I'm sure he's going to come up more in this conversation. So before we do that, shout out to your dad. Shout out to your grandfather for helping you grow your passion of designing. And speaking about designing itself, how would you define your style? Well, uh, I try not to have a style, and I think most graphic designers should aspire not to have a style. I've been fortunate enough to grow my hobby into a pretty stable career as a graphic designer, mostly primarily designing advertising and doing branding for myriad clients. And my style has to be the style of the client. It has to be, you know, my particular vision married with their own personal branding. And I have to try and take what I'm designing and marry that with the goals they want to achieve with whatever project we're working on. So, I mean, my own personal style, the stuff I, I'm really amped about is mostly hand-drawn stuff, scanned in and converted and colored and whatnot. I've done a lot of that with Space Castle Podcast, and I'm really getting into, into pixel art, too, having a blast doing that. Yeah, just for kicks. Okay, I got to ask for the pixel art. What project are you currently working on, if you can disclose that information? We are coming up on uh, 1,000 followers on Twitter. So my next pixel art... Um, sort of project will be sort of a thank you, kind of a celebration gif uh, for Twitter and for social media. In the past, I've done a couple just to say thank you for people who have shared our link or, um, you know, recommended us to friends and whatnot. So that'll be my next project. That's awesome. I actually interviewed somebody on my podcast uh, all about pixel art. So I, once I find that episode, I will send it to you. It's weird thing that once somebody in one of my interviews says, oh yeah, I want to get interested in this or I want to do this. I'm like, oh, I interviewed somebody about that. And I'm like, oh, cool. Create that connection. Maybe he'll be an additional follower and maybe help you reach that 1000 follows. <laughs> that's fantastic. And that's one of the things I love about your show too, is, is you're not just illustrating people's hobbies and, and like informing and educating. You're also building a network of really super talented and interesting people from all kinds of walks of life. It's a great podcast, dude. Thank you, man. You're going to make me cry. Why? Why? <laughs> it's going to get my microphone wet. <laughs> and I hear that's not a good thing. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. No, no, no. I'll just wear like a, put in like in a Ziploc bag and yeah, yeah. What can go wrong? Uh, so, but let's, let's step away from my disastrous tears and go back to your beautiful creations. You mentioned you use Photoshop. Have you ever tried uh, any other tools? And if so, what are some pros and cons, like things that you find in different programs? Uh, I'm primarily a Photoshop kid. Like I said, I grew up with it, but uh, I would say I'm probably expert level in most of Adobe Creative Suite. So in recent years, I've really gotten more into vector art. And of course, that's Illustrator. Uh, I don't love Illustrator, but it's one of those sort of necessary evils you need if you're going to be a graphic designer, because it is still one of the best vector programs. 
Uh, as far as like uh, ad layout and des in design for like my career, you can't beat InDesign. It's fantastic. Uh, it raster or it vectorizes all the text and whatnot. So when you export for print, you've got like super high resolution and crispy graphics and uh, fonts. And I've grown to really love the fact that your workspace in Illustrator and InDesign is much different than Photoshop in that you can move things off of your artboard, but still have them be visible. Can't do that with your canvas in Photoshop. So it's a little different to take multiple pieces and construct them into one singular piece. But I love all the problem programs equally, but for very different reasons. So as a graphic designer, especially somebody, if you want to be a professional, you got to have all those programs in your arsenal and be very, very able to switch between them on the fly. And you mentioned something very important where some programs have certain features that are good while others you wish they had or they don't have. So they all have their pros and cons. But is there a feature? I know it sounds really hard to ask this that does not exist yet. But you say, you know what, if it, this program had this, it would just make my life so much easier. I would love to be able to freehand illustrate in vector and illustrator. That would be Super, super dope. <laughs> and there's no mention of them doing that anytime soon, right? <laughs> no, they, they've done it in roundabout ways with like uh, other programs for like the iPad and whatnot. But uh, for, for actual like straight up Adobe Illustrator 2022 Creative Suite or Creative Cloud, I should say, uh, as far as I know, uh, hopefully one of your listeners knows better and can correct me if I'm wrong. There is no ability to just freehand illustrate in Vector in Illustrator. It'd be super, super great if it was. It would make my life so much easier. <laughs> well, if Adobe is one of my listeners for this podcast, Adobe, listen, this, this, is, what, this is what DT wants. <laughs> Get on it. Let's go. <laughs> now, you were talking about all your creations, and sometimes some artists use specific colors because they're more drawn to it. Are you the type of artist that, have, that has colors that you prefer to use just because they speak to you better? Um, I'm a big student of color theory. So I like to do my research and, and pick out and decide which colors I'm going to use and build a palette based on the message I'm trying to convey. So, I mean, a lot of times if I'm working with, you know, somebody for like a freelance project or a professional project, it might just come down to just be using, you know, their own personal branding colors, their own hexes and, and pantones and whatnot. Otherwise, yeah, it's just a matter of deciding what the tone and what the focus and what the point of the piece is going to be and doing my research to make sure that the colors convey that properly. Now, when it comes to you and your hobby itself, do you ever, let's say, create a creation? You're like, oh, this is cool. But what if I did it different? So you still kept that one, but you just did multiple variations or different positions, different shapes and stuff like that. But it's like a whole series of the same kind of thing. Many, many times. <laughs> uh, I like to play. I like to experiment. Uh, I'm a bit of a, a, a perfectionist. So a lot of times I'll create something that didn't quite match my vision, but I like the way it turned out. So I'll put that aside and start over from scratch or take elements from that piece that I really like and try and build something else out of them. Uh, a lot of times I find as a graphic designer, well, actually like nine times out of 10, what you end up with is not going to be like a one for one shot of what you had in your head. So while you're creating a piece, it's organic and evolving as you're creating it and as you're producing it and building more and more into it. So it's 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 never just a straight shot it's always like a roundabout way it's like kind of like those old family circus um comic strips with billy where it's got like the dotted line where it follows him through the neighborhood where he's doing all kinds of different stuff like as a graphic designer you're going to and you need to be free and allow yourself to explore and try all kinds of different things and mess around because the more you do the more you put into it the more you're going to get out of it and i think the better your overall final product will be 
And make, making mistakes is a good thing. So you just learn from your mistakes. And a lot of times it might be a happy mistake. You might do something that you didn't initially think you were going to do, or you think you might have messed up. And it turns out that, oh, wow, that's actually really cool. Let's, uh, let's play with that idea and see what happens and what evolves from it. Now, my father taught me something when it came to writing essays. Just write. It's a lot easier to edit something while there's something there than just try to think of the perfect answer right off the bat. So when you have a look at a blank page, it's hard to just say, OK, I'm going to just write whatever's going to be perfect right away. It's better to just write. So I would imagine it's the same with graphic design. You just start drawing and maybe you'll find inspiration along the way. So on that note, weird segue, but I love it. <laughs> Where do you pull your inspiration to create new projects? Ooh, uh, peers for sure. Um, I like a lot of YouTube channels and videos with different tutorials and whatnot. Like Behance is a really, really good online community. And I think it's supported by Adobe, where various graphic designers post their, their most recent works in their portfolios. So if I'm looking at trying to uh, like attempt a new style, or if I've got an idea for a project that I, I want to try and, and execute, chances are I'll go to Behance or YouTube and uh, you know see if I can find something similar that somebody else has done. And try and draw inspiration and see if I can like put my own twist on it. And so this is also a learning experience for you when you go to check out these websites. Uh, I don't know about you, but for me, when I discover a new, let's say, editing technique for my audio, I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So for you, <laughs> what is the most recent like new hack, like a life hack that you've learned for graphic design? You're like, oh, my God, I love this. Oh, so Space Castle has a couple new shows that we're putting out, and I won't get into them in depth here, but um, I've been playing around with Adobe After Effects a lot more because I do the podcast editing, editing, and we're going to be doing more video editing. So for me, just getting more and more into After Effects, it's been like mind-blowing because you can do so much with so little and do it so quickly. Do, like Right now, I'm working for like the, the title logo for one of the shows we're going to be putting out and just adding a couple of like glitchy effects and kind of warping and stretching created this really cool effect where it looks like it's, it's kind of sci-fi, like it's kind of loading and booting up and glitching out at the same time. And I was like, wow, I just did that. That's pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> you just you have to take a moment to just sit back and look, you know what? That looks good. I a little you. bit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and for you on average, how long does it usually take you to complete a project? Oh, it varies depending on the project. It might be uh, if I'm working an advertisement for a client and they know exactly what they want, and they've got materials, it might take me maybe an hour, hour and a half to put together a proof for them. Um, if it's something I'm working for, working on for myself, I don't really know it's done until it's done, if that makes sense. And speaking about when it's done, it's done. Have you ever looked back at a project like, well, like maybe even five years later, you're like, well, what if I just touched this or what's your like, okay, I got to let it go. <laughs> what's your stopping point? Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> I have actually come back to projects years later and been like, well, let's see if I'm any better now. <laughs> so uh, stopping point. I mean, if it's a professional project, it's the deadline that the client needs it by. If it's a, a personal project, it maybe doesn't need to ever have a stopping point. It might be something that you know, I've seen lots of sketch artists and people on Twitter and whatnot who will, you know, do like a progression of their their learning as as an artist or a graphic designer. Well, where they'll attempt something years prior, then come back to it a year later, then come back to it a year later. And what's really cool is you've got this gallery, almost this sort of evolutionary chart of how they've grown as an artist. So I don't think that you ever really need to let go of a project entirely. If you cross something that you did years ago and you think you can do it better now and do something with it, by all means, go for it. 
And when you do create your project, some maybe sometimes you show it to say a family member or a friend just to say, hey, does this look all right? Does it ever happen to you? It happens to me all the time that you created something and there's like one little thing that just bothers you. And in your mind, you're like, oh, this is going to bother everybody. But you show it to somebody else and like, I have no idea what you're talking about. 100%. I am... (laughs) I am and always have been my worst critic. And uh, I'm lucky enough where I have peers and friends who will be honest with me. And a lot of times they'll see those same flaws and offer suggestions on how to change it up. And as a graphic designer, you've got to be able to take those sort of criticisms and suggestions to heart, but not personally. It's all subjective. It's all you know trying to achieve the best possible product. And you should be in love with your work, but you shouldn't be so married to it that you're kind of locked in your ways because you won't grow then as an artist. And speaking about feedback, it's important to have feedback from people that you trust and you care about. So family, friends, that's perfect. So do you ever share your work online and people give you unstructured feedback? And if so, how do you deal with that? Um, Interesting question, actually. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've posted stuff on Behance and whatnot. And um. To be honest, I've never received a ton of unstructured feedback. It's always been people who know where I'm coming from or, you know, kind of had that same sort of walk of life in this in the same vein where they've got structured ideas and suggestions on how to improve the piece of work. Um, somebody might just come at me and say like, hey, this should be a different color. And I'd be like, okay, well, well, why do you think that? Because, you know, I went through the process of selecting a color based on theory and blah, 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 blah. And it might just be a gut feeling like, hey, I really think that should be red instead of green. And sometimes they're right. Sometimes I'm right. <laughs> yeah, it's a, was it beauty is in the eye of the beholder? I always butcher that line. Always, always butcher it. But it's something within <laughs> that realm. It's beauty. There, take it. Take it as it is. Uh, so for you, what would you say is the best part about graphic designing on a personal and an emotional level? On a personal level, it's an outlet. So I've got all these ideas in my head and I have the ability, thank goodness, to take those ideas and produce them into a tangible or semi-tangible form and have them out in the world. For me, it's, it's always been that outlet to, you know, process emotions or just kind of work out what's ever in my head. So a lot of times I'll go into sort of like a, a Zen-like state when I'm doing graphic design where it's such a muscle memory that I know what I'm doing and it comes to me naturally at this point where I can just kind of go through the motions and design what I'm designing with some music in the background and also be, you know, thinking about the day or thinking about things that are, that are bothering me that I can sort out or, you know, thinking about how to approach a conversation I've got to have with somebody or something like that. So for me, it's always just been kind of just an extension of, of myself, just that sort of tool to process what's going on internally and process it externally too. like put my feelings and my thoughts and my emotions into that work. As a professional, it's really, really cool to be able to produce something that benefits people and possibly inspires people. Um, Again, I work in advertising, so I'm able to create something that benefits my client and helps them grow their business. And at the same time, I'm also able to hopefully inspire their audience to get in touch with them about their product or their service and whatnot. So it's twofold. It's my ability to kind of therapize myself, (laughs) if that's a word. And also the ability to uh, put something out there that benefits people at the same time. And have you ever worked on a project with multiple people? And if so, because I can imagine if you ever did, colliding ideas could be beneficial, yet at the same time, it could be controversial because one person could simply say, I want blue. And the other person says, I want red. And has that ever happened to you? Totally. Yeah. So I've worked solo. Uh, I've worked as lead 
on various teams. And I've worked as sort of not like an underling, but, uh, you know, not the lead of various teams, too. And when it comes to being the lead, uh, you kind of have to be assertive and understand that the people who are working with you have certain ideas and they all come from an educated background as well. Like everybody on your team is talented in various ways. And it comes down to playing to the strengths of everybody on your team and figuring out whose ideas are best for which aspect of the project you're working on. And for me, I've found that that really helps to sort of delegate and also kind of brush away any feelings of, well, you know, like hurt feelings. Like, oh, he didn't use my idea, but he did use my idea here because I knew it was a good one and so did he. For me, as not being a team lead, uh, it's kind of the same thing. Just present your ideas with confidence. And let the team lead know that, you know, you feel very strongly about this, but you're also not like, like it's, it's not written in stone. Like I've said before, all of graphic design is an organic sort of evolution from, you know, the conception to the final execution. And it's, I mean, it's one of those things where I've had to learn to, to work as part of a team and realize that it's not just me who's putting this project together. I am sort of a tool in a toolbox and we're all being utilized in equal but different ways to achieve the goals. That's beautifully put, man. I love that. <laughs> Thank that's you. Very, that's very elegant. It's like, I can imagine that being into a graphic design. Like, a, I don't know how, it just, it feels like I have this image in my head. like, yes, it's a lovely quote. Just designed that way. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get it embroidered on the pillow or something. Yeah. <laughs> you sleep on it. It's like, yes, I made this. <laughs> Now, is there something that you were not able to do? In other words, you have this crazy idea in your head that you really want to do, but you just either couldn't, you didn't have the time, the tools, the resources or anything just to create it. Like it's just there, but you just couldn't release it. Um, I mean, there has been in the past. I'm at the point now where I, I want to learn and I am in the process of learning. So there's stuff that's on like the, the back burner right now that I'm learning to do as I go along that I will get to eventually and will execute and hopefully it'll turn out great. Uh, nothing really comes to mind that I haven't achieved. I'm one of those people where I like to write down things. I like to make a list of things I need to do. And that might be a list of things to do that day or that week or that year or somewhere down the line and come back to that list and achieve it when I know I'm able to do it. So graphic design has sort of been that way for me too, where, you know, I wanted to learn how to be a better film editor. So I went to film school. <laughs> nice. uh, I wanted to learn InDesign. So I specifically took projects in advertising and print advertising that would force me to get better at InDesign. I wanted to, you know, become more of a, a structured graphic. Um, I'm sorry, uh, more of a structured vector designer. So I forced myself to get better and better with Illustrator, despite the fact that I still don't love it. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like I said, nothing really comes to mind that I haven't wanted to achieve, that I haven't been able to achieve. It's, I, I view it as just stuff that I haven't achieved yet, and I will. Man, you're just, I don't know, I feel like we're friends and like, you know what, I have to challenge you. Like, it's something crazy, <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be that jerk. It's like, why don't you do a multivitamin riding a banana into super glue sunset? I don't know. I'm, I'm just seeing things <laughs> in my room. I'm just creating stuff. But actually, you're talking about challenges. It was kind of a challenge for you at the beginning. What was your biggest challenge when you first started graphic designing? Ooh, um, good question. I think for me, it was when I decided to do it professionally for a living and realizing that it wasn't just going to be me sitting in front of a computer playing around with Photoshop all day. I actually had to put aside my own ideas sometimes and realize that it's no longer just about me and my ego. 
It's about what the client wants or the boss wants or the people I'm working with want out of the project as well. So I think that was the biggest part was just, yeah. <laughs> and I can also imagine, you said you started off Photoshop back in the 90s. Was one of, one of the challenges as your hobby itself, was it trying to find resources or how-tos? Because YouTube wasn't a thing back then. <laughs> so yeah, it wasn't as no. easy. There was, uh, I mean, there, there was forums that I was able to look up. There was, you know, sort of uh, like message boards and PHP and that type of stuff that I can go to and, and, and look up, you know, stuff if I needed to. Uh, but a lot of it was manuals. And I would say like 75, 80% of it was really just me clicking on stuff. What does this do? <laughs> oh, cool. What if I do this and then I do this? And like, I've never even messed with that drop down menu. Let's pull that open and see what all that stuff does. And just, yeah. What's cool is the fact that Photoshop has gone through many, many evolutions, but uh, it's still the same source code. It's still the, the same base sort of product since it was, you know, incepted. So having known it since the 90s, it's still very familiar. And anytime a new version comes out, it's not like having to relearn it. It's just learning all the new features that they've thrown in. So it's still, even to this day, you know, 20 some odd years later, very, very comfortable and very familiar. I could also imagine this happens to me all the time when I'm learning a new program. You're like, oh, what does this do? What does this do? And then you accidentally delete something and you're like, okay, how do I bring this back? What just happened? Uh, like either it's like a, a sidebar thing that just popped away. He's like, oh, where'd that go? <laughs> Is that a, did that ever happen to you? Yeah. So yeah, early on in my career as a graphic designer, uh, I, I worked primarily in Photoshop and I was really stubborn about it. I didn't want to learn InDesign, didn't want to learn Illustrator. So I spent a lot of time doing like flyers and t-shirts for bands, like local bands and stuff like that. Just trying to cut my teeth, get my name out there, get the experience. And um, with Photoshop, it's very, very easy to flatten all your layers and export it for print and then accidentally save it and realize you have just destroyed all your layers and you can never, ever go back and edit that project ever again. So what's really cool about InDesign is the fact that everything is, is artboard based and it's all layers all the time. And there is no saving a flat file. So it's, that was like massively eye-opening for me as a young designer. Oh my goodness. I would, so I use Adobe Audition for editing and, you know, just having that idea where you could actually save and then undo everything afterwards. Cause like right now, what I used to do is I would edit the episode, like the audio and EQ and everything. And then, cause I've been working on it for like a few hours. I'm like, oh, my ears aren't good. I would undo all the edits save it because I'm also progressing uh, the actual edited clips uh, as I go along because I'm like, if I save it here and I listen back to it in the future, it's like, there's no going back. Right. So I guess we both had that struggle or have, but there's, I, maybe there will be one day Adobe, you're listening, hmm? Hmm? undo, you know, <laughs> the layers, you know, I, I wouldn't mind layers for after you save, but for you now, what is your latest challenge with graphic design as your hobby? Because you said you mentioned that you do it as a career, but what are some challenges you have as the hobby itself? Ah, uh, like I said before, I'm, I'm wanting to learn pixel art. I'm spending a lot of time doing it, and it's a very, very different discipline than, say, you know, hand drawing something in Photoshop or hand drawing something with you know pencil and paper and scanning it and then going back over it in Photoshop. It's a different sort of methodology and a different sort of way of approaching something. Um, you can still build something out with a wireframe, but the idea of making something like smaller and more streamlined and more, you know, square base as opposed to being able to do whatever I want with it, like a painting or a pencil sketch is very, very interesting to me. Because if you look back in like old Super Nintendo or Nintendo games, they essentially made something out of nothing. Like you remember those games being super detailed, but you go back and it's really like 
It's like 30 by 30 and it's just squares. So the idea of building depth with a very limited color palette and having to be very economical about how you're designing something in pixel art is a super fun challenge for me right now. Did you already have, or do you have a big project in mind for like the ones like, oh, this is going to be my goal for this year for your pixel art? Not just yet, but I, I do want to get more and more into it. And I do want to more do more pixel art stuff with, especially Space Castle, because a lot of our aesthetic is sort of that 90s retro sort of like Saturday morning cartoon type of thing. And much of my childhood was Saturday morning cartoons and Super Nintendo. So our aesthetic and the brand we're going for is very much that sort of 90s retro, like, you know, grade school type of feel, like Trapper Keepers and Pogs and that sort of thing. Mm. Man, we should bring Pogs back. Those were fun. We should, man. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? If once this, once this episode comes out, if you have created something that you really love and pixel art, I will use it as a promo for this episode. Cool, man. That'd be fantastic. All right. Now for you, this is a, the stressful part. And we're going from happy, fun, wow, go lucky to, ugh. Well, not uh, for me, but I mean, like, maybe you're like thinking about it, like, Ugh, I don't want to think about this, but what would you say is the most stressful part about graphic design? The most stressful part about graphic design is probably, I mean, aside from deadlines and whatnot, is just letting go of that notion that what you create, like I said before, is, is almost always never going to be a one-to-one -one shot from what you have in your head. And the most stressful part of graphic design is recognizing that and being fluid and being uh, flexible in your design work and not getting stuck on any ideas and not pounding yourself and, and being mean to yourself about the fact that what you're creating isn't exactly what you thought it was going to be and recognizing that in the process of creating something, you might be creating something that's better in the long run. And it's also tough sometimes professionally to try and marry what a client is looking for and what you think is actually really good design. Because sometimes your clients might ha not have the best branding, but that branding is very, very successful for them. And sometimes you're working with materials that you don't think are the best materials. But in, long in the long run, what it comes down to is the fact that if that advertising or that project you're creating for that client is successful, that's the most important thing. It's, you gotta, the hardest part and the most stressful part is just being fluid and putting aside your own ego and recognizing that, yes, you are talented as a graphic designer. But you are being utilized, whether it's for your own personal uh, purposes or for the purposes of a client, to achieve a specific goal. Yeah, and being flexible also allows you to grow as an individual. You know, those things where you're like, oh, I don't want to try it, but give it a try. And you'd be like, oh, this is actually pretty cool or pretty fun. Putting yourself in spaces where you're uncomfortable in creative aspects, like any type of design, can actually help improve your creativity. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And this is one of my favorite questions. I love asking this in every single episode. What are some misconceptions about people who do graphic design? Uh, so graphic designers are not just straight up computer people. <laughs> we are, uh, we're not just, we're not IT people. Uh, most of us know our way, our way around a computer and, and file storage and all that type of stuff. But I've been in many a situation, uh, you know, working professionally where because I'm the person who works on a computer, I must know all the computer things. Naturally. So I'm looked at to, yeah, right. I'm looked at to like <laughs> set up the phones and manage the internet and do all that type of thing. And that's not the case at all. Uh, another thing, which is, well, it's kind of a weird thing now because we've had to adapt. But professionally, like graphic designers are not web designers. We're not programmers or developers. And unfortunately, a lot of uh, employers out there think that we should be. 
So a lot of graphic designers have had to sort of adapt and evolve and and take on, you know, the burden of learning those skills of becoming a web designer or a programmer and such because companies unfortunately are out there looking for, you know, a jack of all trades and a master of none, which is not really benefiting them. And uh, it's not really benefiting the graphic designer either because we have a very specific focus, a very specific sort of niche in the world. And uh, we've had to kind of been forced to wear many, many hats in order to be successful, in order to have stable careers these days. So if you're looking for a graphic designer, look for a really good graphic designer. If you're looking for a web developer, look for a really good web developer and hopefully, you know, one of each and not try and force, you know, one or the other to be both. Like I'm a podcaster, I probably won't be the best radio host, but maybe I would if somebody's like, oh, I want him as a radio host, but you know what? I can't do everything or maybe I can't, I don't know. Uh, all I'm saying is that, yeah, do whatever you're comfortable doing, like you're mentioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking about doing, you do you, also odd segue, I'm so sorry about these bad segues. <laughs> what has graphic design taught you in life? Yes, you do you, Gra- uh, taught you in life. Yeah, that's that's a good segue, that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's excellent. No, <laughs> <Yeah>. no, <laughs> I think you're well on your way to being a radio host. This is, this is excellent. <laughs> uh, can you repeat, repeat the question for me real quick? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm a great radio host. I confuse my guests with the questions with some rambling. No, so, not yeah, at all. The question was, what has graphic designing taught you in life? Versatility, uh, flexibility. Uh, trust in myself, the ability to compromise and work well with others and to understand that other people have valid opinions. Even if I'm the only person who's working on the project, other people are going to have opinions on that project and all of them are valid. And it's not personal. It's not them trying to tear me down. It's them trying to build me up. Damn. I think, are I think you that's sure? about you, it. <laughs> you should be like, you really should just write all these downs and make like a cool graphic design out of it. It's just like, it's not about tearing me down. It's about building me up. <laughs> Explanation point. <laughs> Maybe I'll become a published author next and I'll just do like, yeah. a, like a Jack Handy's like deep thoughts book about graphic design. <laughs> oh, yo, if you do and then you release it before this episode comes out here or even after the episode comes out, you say, hey, Alex, I actually made this book. I'll add it down in the link so people can go check that out. <laughs> That'd be rad, dude. <laughs> Now, you did mention a lot about the things you want to improve for your skills, but we did not mention your greatest strength. So what is your greatest strength? The things like, you know what? I am so good at this. Putting your ego on the pedestal. Like you, you are putting your ego up there. You're, you can, you don't be modest. Go on. Show us your best skill. Professionally, I've become really, really good at taking my clients' branding and their ideas and their goals and applying that into an advertising that also still looks really good. And looks clean and professional and high end, and also gets really good results for them too. So I'm I'm very very good at being a, a solid communicator when it comes to graphic design. A lot of times, graphic designers sort of carry this stigma or this sort of um, stereotype of being like you know in the back of the office with the lights turned off, with the the headphones on and whatnot. And I can be that guy sometimes, but I think I'm also very affable and very personable, and I think I'm a pretty good public speaker. And I'm able to speak directly with people, whether it's a person or a group of people or even more. And I think that's become one of my biggest strengths. And it's actually kind of helped me with podcasting too, that sort of gift of gab, where I'm able to, you know, just talk and be personable and be present and listen to ideas and and throw out ideas on the fly. And yeah, I, I think that as a graphic designer, my ability to communicate in multiple ways is is by far my biggest strength. 
And once again, you're breaking one of those misconceptions of just people being isolated in a room are the geeks, the graphic designers. Like you said, you're a public speaker. You're good at presenting yourself and just tearing down those misconceptions. And I don't know why I have a wild imagination. When you said you speak to a client and try to figure out what they want exactly, this is the dialogue I expected. Your client goes, hey, I'd like to. And then you interrupt and saying, I got you. It's like, I didn't finish. It's like, I got you. And then you come out with the like perfect thing. It's like, how'd you know? It's like, I know. <laughs> I've actually, I did that one time. Uh, it was probably about, it was about 10 years ago. I was, uh, I was working for a print company, like a publishing company. And, uh, one of the sales reps had just brought on this new high end, like, uh, outdoor landscaping and pool design company. And the guy who owns the company was like, he like literally played tight end for the New England Patriots and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh, wow. Like this big six foot seven <laughs> dude, like almost as wide, like this big imposing figure. And we're all seated at this table in their really, really cool, super high end office. And everybody's sewing ideas back and forth. And I'm looking at, at the, the client, I'm looking at my boss and the sales rep, and I'm kind of, the gears are starting to turn. And we reach the end of the meeting and I just kind of look at the guy and I'm like, sir, like, I'm looking at uh, like your portfolio of work. <laughs> I've looked at your website. I've talked to you. I understand your background. I'm going to nail this for you. And he was like, okay, that's it. Meeting adjourned. So I went back to the office and that afternoon I, I took some photos that he had sent me off with on a thumb drive, put together a proof. And he was like, uh, yeah, this is, this is it. This is our company. <laughs> and they've, I've, I've looked since because I've, I've moved away from that area and whatnot. And uh, I've looked up the company and they're still running that exact same ad layout with different photos, like in all of their, their print advertising, which is really, really, uh, I don't know. It makes me feel really, really good that I achieved that for them. That is awesome. I don't know why, but it makes me feel like that's a scene out of a movie right there. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. I'd watch that. Yeah. And once again, if it actually becomes a movie one day, give me the link. I'll, I'll put it down below as well. Totally. We're going to promote the hell out of you. <laughs> There's going to be a whole list of links for me later on. <laughs> just, most of it is just going to be your links and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. And actually speaking of links, this was all planned since the beginning. Do you have any social media links, websites, or projects that you'd like to reshare with the listeners? Uh, yeah. Like I said before, I do the graphic design primarily for our podcast now, Space Castle. Uh, you can find us on our website, uh, our website, spacecastlepod.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at SpaceCastlePod. And if for whatever reason you want to email us or, you know, ask us questions or just kind of, you know, shoot the crap with us, you can email us at SpaceCastlePodcast at gmail.com. Um, I did all, all the logo design, all the animations, all the social media sort of engagement and whatnot. And it's been this super cool, like multimedia project for me for the last, uh, I think we started in March. So I think it's been like eight or nine months. So that's pretty much where a lot of my passion is going towards right now because it's afforded me the ability to do the editing I love, the video editing that I love, the graphic design, a lot of uh, pixel art, like I said before, has been going into it, a lot of freehand illustration. So yeah, check us out at Space Castle Podcast. Perfect. I'll put that down below once again so people can go check that out. And we've established from the get-go that DT has so much passion and that's why I love it. I love all the passion. I love the creativity, the flexibility. It's all there. It's perfect. And speaking about just, ah, why do I keep using these filler words? Uh, speaking about, yes, let's keep going with that. Speaking <laughs> about you, DT, do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? Yeah, for sure. Uh, if you're interested in becoming a graphic designer, I would say do your homework, 
And I know it's not super sexy or super fun or super interesting, <laughs> but do tutorials, like like find tutorials on YouTube. Because I mean, that's still what I do to this day when I want to learn how to achieve something new or a new technique is look at people who've done it before you, see how they've done it. And once you've learned how to do it the way they do it, figure out your own way of doing it. So yeah, YouTube videos, forums, uh, reach out to friends, you know, that might be graphic designers. Uh, take a college course if you want. You don't necessarily have to go for a degree. There are some entry-level graphic design uh, courses you can take, like Graphic Design 101 and such, or multimedia classes at your local community college. And once you do that, you'll be able to work on projects from manuals. You'll get feedback from teachers. You'll be able to collaborate with other graphic designers who are learning too. And you'll find that there are people there of all ages. There's going to be people who are 18 years old straight out of high school. There's going to be people who are 45 years old and wanting to switch their careers and try something new. So you're going to get feedback and interaction with graphic designers from all walks of life and all experience levels. And that is a wealth of knowledge. And also the age gap as well can bring in different types of ideas, which is amazing to just bounce and create something new. And DT, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this podcast episode specifically is a great tool to learn more about graphic design. Am I correct? I mean, I would hope so. <laughs> I, uh, hopefully what I've, what I've said today is, is sort of been some wisdom imparted onto any listeners who might be current graphic designers or might be aspiring to be one. Hopefully what I've said today is, is you know, I don't I can call myself inspirational, but hopefully if I've inspired somebody or, you know, giving good adv advice on how to grow or, or become a graphic designer. See, this is you being humble. You're not going to say, but I will. You are very inspirational. There I go. appreciate that. You're know, going to make me cry now. We're going to have a couple of worthless microphones. At the end of <laughs> so this. the episode will just end right here. <laughs> <laughs> but before we end the episode, I have to do my, my time for your hobby question of the episode where weird way of saying it. Do you have any questions for me about graphic design? I uh, sure. Actually, I mean, I'm curious if after this conversation, if your perception of graphic design or graphic designers has, has changed at all. Not really. I've always... But it sounds weird saying not really. It's kind of saying that you, oh, you're such an inspiration. Did you, did that change your <laughs> mind? No, no. So let me, let me explain myself a little bit. So I've always been interested in graphic design. Am I the best at it? No. Am I good at it? No. Am I mediocre? No. Am I bad? Yes. But <laughs> I love it. And I've always liked to fiddle around. Um, I, I guess my introduction to graphic design was Microsoft Paint. <laughs> so that's nice. like yeah. basic, basic. And then uh, I, I want to get into Photoshop. I, it's, it's a big program. It's intimidating, but all programs are intimidating once you first see it from like the outside. Like I was telling DT at the beginning of this episode, before we started recording, I'm currently working on a board game. And in my mind, I'm like, I got to design this because I'm scared of like copyright and somebody like saying, oh, you stole our design. That's why I produce my own music. I produce music for years. So that's why I did the intro to my own podcast. Cause like people can't tell me like, Hey, you stole that from somebody. I'll be like, Nope, I made that from scratch. I have all little components. <laughs> I can't play music, but I do the notes one by one. But uh, to answer your question and try to not to do the political thing of dodging around your question. Uh, <laughs> yes. You just kind of reinforce my love for it. If that makes any sense. Cool. That's awesome. And it's, it's flattering too. I'm glad to hear that. And I honestly think I should be editing episodes, but I might go back to <laughs> do some graphic design right after doing this, like recording right here, but just like, oh, I got, I got the inspiration bug. <laughs> yeah, man. Did you, did you do the logo for time for your hobby? That I did not. I 
I actually, a friend of mine who actually a dear friend of mine, I call her my creative sister. She's a writer, she's a poet, and she did that design for me because she's actually the person who inspired me to start a podcast. And cool, she's like, man. hey, yeah. I'll make a logo for you. I'm like, dope. And I haven't changed it since. She wants to redo it. She's the only person who I'll allow because she's the one who has the right to, because she gave me the the courage, the courage? Yeah, the courage. I'm the Tin Man. The courage to... <laughs> No, it's the lion. The lion is the yeah, cowardly lion. Yeah, <laughs> the Tin Man is the no heart. Okay, I, I got heart. I have heart. But yes, she gave me the inspiration to do it. So I'm like, you know what? This is her. And my podcast is so flexible. I'll be like, you know what? Cool. Let's let's do it. So, but yeah, I would love to do more. Uh, I like to do challenges. I like weird shapes. I use Canva, but I know it's like a very simple tool. But it's my my step in to get into more graphic design. Well, the tool is only limited by the person using it. And I think that's probably another pillow quote right there. <laughs> but uh, it, it just don't worry about the programs or, or the tools you're using being like simple or limited because it's it's all about what you're able to do with it and what you're getting out of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. And sometimes when I use Canva, I'm like, I really want to do this. But then I have to do all these little things to try to make it work. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, no, it's absolutely that. It's not the tool you use is how you use it. Absolutely. So there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you, DT, for coming on. And once again, being inspirational. Um, you, you are inspirational. Remember that <laughs> before you go to bed on all those pillows. I don't know how you're going to get into your bed, but you got a bunch of pillows. It'll be very comfortable. But yes, thank you for coming on and sharing your passion for graphic design. Oh, dude, thank you so much for having me. Like I said before, I'm a big fan of the show and I love what you're doing here. <laughs> and to be a part of this, be a part of your 180 plus episode journey is is. It's an honor. Thank you. The honor is all mine. I couldn't do it without people like yourself. And speaking about people like yourself, people should go check you out. I'll put all the links down below in the description so it's very easy to find. If you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, if you love the podcast, you can leave a review. Reviews are good. You can even do a graphic design review. I'll, I'll take that. Cool. Um, you could also show some more support if you're interested. I have a Patreon and I also have a Redbubble where I sell merchandise where I created a graphic design on there. It was like an abstract colors with cubes. And it's like an illusion. I like illusions, but I'll show. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's there. You can go check that out down below. But what you do need to do is go show DT some love and go check out his podcast. He's created so much of it and he's done a lot for it. So go show him some love. So once again, DT, thank you. Oh, again, thank you, man. This has been a blast. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care.